Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Maradero. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. Brought to you by Cherry River Hard Seltzer. Only 90 calories, natural flavors, and no preservatives. Now available in Quebec Grocery and the Beer Store. Marinero, another game, another loss, this time to the hands of the Vancouver Canucks. The Canadians lost by a score of 2-1 to one in front of their fans versus a team just as bad as them, but tonight was a little bit better. Joining me is Brendan Kelly from the Montreal Gazette. What the puck? Everyone's fired. What are you going to talk about now? You know what? That's it. It's been the joke for two days now, ever since the news, the news broke. You know, like, what are you going to talk about? I'll start uh, ragging on the new guys. Uh, give me a couple of days. Uh, you know what? I, uh, I, I'll put my money on you on that one. The Sick Podcast brought to you by Cherry River Heart Seltzer. Only 90 calories, natural flavors, no preservatives. Now available in Quebec grocery stores and the beer store. Listen, um, based on everything that happened on Saturday night, uh, Scott Mellenby resigning. We got word that Canadians asked to speak to permission, um, asked permission to speak to uh, to Jeff Gordon. We didn't even talk about the game. Based on what happened today, Jeff Molson's presser earlier today, yesterday he relieved Mark Bergevin, Trevor Timmons, and Paul Wilson of his duties. I don't think we're going to talk much about the game tonight either. So no. let's just go back. Let me get your take. You've been calling for Jeff Molson to be active for quite some time. You were saying that he was missing in action. We know what he was doing now. He was preparing the plan. He was preparing the future. He signed Jeff Gordon as VP of Hockey Ops. What do you think? I say kudos to Jeff Molson. You know what, Tony? It's like, you know, we had that discussion about, oh, you hate the Habs. I don't hate the Habs. I love the Habs. I criticize Jeff Molson because I don't like what Jeff Molson's doing. When Jeff Molson does something that I like, I say, hey, he did the right thing. He took a tough decision. Maybe he took too long to fire Mark Bergman. I've been calling for him to do that for five years, so I'm not going to sit here today and complain about Jeff Molson. He did the right thing. He fired Mark Bergman. He hired, uh, fired Trevor Timmons, and he fired Paul Wilson. Those were absolutely the right things to do. And even better, guess what? He hired... Jeff Gordon, now, I don't know how it's going to work out with Jeff Gordon, but what I like about that hire is he went and hired an American. Like, not that it's an American that counts, but he went and, I assume, went to get the guy that he thought was the best guy for the job. And it's a little bit of a sleight of hand because he's going to have a GM who's bilingual and will probably be a Francophone former Canadiens player. He'll probably be Daniel Briere. And he'll have a GM who can talk to the media. And meanwhile, he got who he thinks is the best guy. Because you know what? We need a GM who's been around, who knows how to do the job, who's done the job. And I'm all for hiring Francophones. But you tell me, is there a Francophone candidate out there who's been a GM in the National Hockey League and is ready to take this job? Yeah, there's one guy. His name is Julian Brisebois. And guess what? He's general manager of the team that just won the last two Stanley Cups, and he's not coming to Montreal. So no, as a matter of fact, they extended him for five years, so he's not coming to Montreal. Exactly. But I got to tell you this. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Jeff Gordon. I think it's a fantastic hire. Uh, I take a look at his track record, what he did with the Boston Bruins. 
uh, I think is absolutely fantastic being part of that Bruins team as an interim general manager that drafted Phil Kessel, Brad Marshall, Milan Lucic, that traded Andrew Raycroft for Tuka Rask, that signed Zdeno Chara as an unrestricted free agent, signed Mark Savard as an unrestricted free agent, uh, was assistant general manager there for quite some time. Um, then he ended up being a pro scout with the New York Rangers. Um, and uh, he ended up being their general manager for six uh, a month shy of six years. And, uh, you know, with the New York Rangers, he signed Artemi Pernarin, who's arguably their best player, who's a winger. He uh, traded for Mika Zibanejad, who's their number one center. He traded for Ryan Strom, who's their number two center. Um, he traded for and signed and traded up for uh, all four of their top four defensemen. He was part of that rebuild letter. He was part of that rebuild. He traded away some big contracts. He revamped the New York Rangers. I think I applaud Jeff Molson. I think it's a fantastic hire. And and also given the situation where we have here, where you are going to have to, whether you want to use the word rebuild, you're going to have to one way or the other mega reset reconstruct you've really got you've got what well, we've we've been watching these games i mean mostly i mean trying to hide under the couch while watching them this team is really really bad and there's not much to work with here so he's got a big task ahead of him and a lot of it will be like it, it essentially will be a rebuild you know you got to well i hope so i mean listen even if it's for the even if it's for short term right now it looks like the rebuild is happening organically because they're just not a very good team and they're just losing the majority of their games. And the more they lose, the better chance at a better draft selection they get. So the better it is. Hey, the last time I spoke with you, um, I asked you if you had called Jeff Molson. You told me you hadn't talked to him in quite some time. I encouraged you to call him. I encouraged you to call him. I have to ask you, did you call him? You know, Everything that you saw today at that press conference, I mean, I just typed up all that stuff, Tony. I mean, that's uh, those are no, I'm kidding. I didn't call him. I, I still, you know what? I, I've I've known Jeff Molson for a very long time, and uh, I'm telling you, the last time, the last couple of times I saw him, it was, I think the word frosty comes to mind. But I do, I do think I, I've said for years now. You know, I've been I've been a big critic of Jeff Molson as well as a big critic of, of Mark Bergevin. I said eventually we will arrive on the same page. And that kind of happened today. And I think that eventually no but, but you didn't call him though. Did I call him? No, I haven't called him yet. I've I've got a lot of stuff going on here, Tony. I don't oh, like yeah, hold on a second. I'm sure if you'd like to go for coffee, you would go. Do you want me to set it up? Yes or no? I yeah, can I can have you there, I can have him there. I can have you guys have a coffee, maybe shake hands. I, I don't try. need you. I don't need you to set it up, Tony. I I uh, can I can set that up all by myself. Yeah, but you don't think he'll show up? He probably would, but I mean, it could be uh, it could be a little tense. I'm That's sure he'd show up. He's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. Uh, Jeff's a totally nice guy. And have you ever been personal with him in your column? Is, is it ever? Have your shots ever been personal? At a certain point, I mean, I get a little overheated at times, and I think it did get a little personal at points. Not Don't do that. Way. Don't do that. Don't get personal. Just be fair. There's no reason to get personal. No, no, but personal in the sense of I get emotional. You know, it's my Scottish-Irish heritage, and it comes out. 
But I've always said, like I said, is, is that I always believe that at the end of the day, as harsh as I am as a critic of Jeff Molson, he's never going to say it. He probably will never be nice to me again. But he comes round to my point of view. You tell me, my point of view for five years was what? Fire Mark Bergman. Well, guess what? He fired Mark Bergman. Well, uh, Brendan, if that's your uh, logic, eventually you were going to be right. Mark Bergman was going to work there forever. Was it well, too he might have walked away. He, you know, he probably would have walked Tony, seriously. He, and, and by the way. He's going to walk he, away from three plus million dollars? Of course he's going to walk. He could. You know, what's interesting about this story today, I was thinking about the time, the, 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 the kind of timeline that Jeff Molson was saying. He said before the playoffs, which we knew Elliot Friedman had, had, had reported at the time, Jeff confirmed, Jeff Molson confirmed today that he was in talks to extend. Oh. No, but this is good. This. Yeah, this is good. And Jeff Molson's contract. Then they go into the playoffs. Bergevin's contract, you mean? I'm uh, sorry, Bergevin's contract. Yeah. They go into the playoffs. First four games is terrible. Then we go on this incredible, the Habs go on this incredible run. And he says, we're in talks again after the playoffs to extend the contract. Doesn't happen. Doesn't say why it doesn't happen. And then he says, in September, I have a revelation. And I'm thinking, hmm. I need to think about this more. You know what I'm thinking, Tony? Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Before he said that, I thought he said something very interesting. He said, in September after, I have a decision to make. I give Mark Bergevin a long-term contract or I wait. So I decide to wait, which led me to believe, led me to believe that they got to the cup final. And if, I mean, what it sounded like was they got to the cup final and then Bergevin was holding the cards and said, I want a five-year deal, and this is how much I want. And Jeff wasn't willing to give him a five-year deal. I told you that last time I talked. we talked, and you didn't believe me. But I'll Lucky tell guess. you, you know what I'm thinking today, Tony, from what I heard from Jeff Molson today? Yeah. What changed between the end of the Stanley Cup Finals and the beginning of September, was there a lot of hockey games played? Hold on a second. Can I tell you what? Can I hold on? Let me finish my thought. Let me finish. I know thought. what the cherry on the Sunday was Logan Mayu. Logan Mayu. And so that happened. And Jeff Molson at the time said he signed off on that. But you know what? My theory, and it really sort of was confirmed by, or not confirmed, but it suggested that there's some truth to it is he was deeply deeply embarrassed by that and you know oh, what big time. Well, first, I, I think it's one of the reasons why paul, i think it's one of the reasons why paul wilson lost his job a hundred percent because paul wilson did not prepare jeff molson for that that's paul wilson's job and you know what jeff jeff goes to a dinner party and someone says to him someone he respects says you know what jeff i don't like to meddle in your business you're the president of the canadian but i just want to tell you I got two daughters, and that made me sick. What did Gary Bettman say about that? You remember what Gary Bettman said? I don't, I don't have it in front of me, but it, it was worse to the effect he was disgusted by. He was like, there was, there was a visceral reaction to that thing, and I don't think Jeff Molson was ready for that. And why was he not ready? Because the people around him didn't prepare him for them. And Mark Bergman said, "Don't worry about it, Jeff. It'll be okay. We can get this guy. He's a good player. It'll blow over." And it didn't blow over. Yeah, but at the same time, Jeff should have known better. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Be honest here. I mean, I we can all make mistakes. 
but he should have known better. Now, having said that, um, Paul Wilson, I think he lost his job because he was very close to Mark Bergevin, because he was uh, like an ally to Mark Bergevin, because if they were going to start fresh and a brand new start, um, I don't think they would have wanted anyone reporting anything back to Bergevin and stuff like that. It was a new oh, fresh start. It was a new slate. I get that. But I think I think the Logan Mayu stuff um, that I think Jeff leaned on Paul Wilson in a case like that to say, you know what, I probably could have messed up and I probably w- could have slipped because I don't understand the PR ramifications. But you, who makes a living out of that, had to. I think that's probably the way it went down. But that was, you know what, that was an intriguing one for me. Firstly, how often do you see this, Tony, where you fire the general manager, the head of scouting or whatever the official title is, and the head of PR? Very rare that the PR guy is thrown in there. And remember who Paul Very was. rare, especially since they brought in that PR guy to replace the other PR guy that they didn't want. And, and where did Paul Wilson come from? National. Who owns National? Molson. Andrew Molson. So he was, I wrote the day that they, the, 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 the week that they hired Paul Wilson, I wrote a column saying, you know what? Jeff Molson's talking about transparency and the guy that he hires as the new head of PR to be more transparent is the ultimate old boy because this guy was right inside. He's right there with Jeff Molson. He was a guy who represented Patrick Waugh way back in 1995. He, he worked for the breweries. And, and so he was like the ultimate inside guy, very tied to the Molson family. So the fact that he gets turfed so quickly, I was actually kind of shocked by that. By the way, he was asked about it today, and I think he said something about they have to improve their relationship with the media, right? He threw him under the bus, big time. Threw him yeah. under the bus. He said, oh, I want to thank Paul Wilson for his service, but we really have to improve our relationship with the media. And you know what? I he, always had a good relationship with Paul Wilson, by the way. I don't know about you, but I never had a problem. I, I had a, ter- it's a terrible relationship with Paul Wilson. Why? Did I not tell you my story? I write this column. I yeah. write when he gets a, when he gets hired. I write a column saying, um, "I just said, and I don't know Paul Wilson, you know, personally at all at that point." And I say, "Jeff Molson's talking about transparency, and he gets yeah. this guy from National Public Relations. The guy has been a corporate guy forever and ever, very tied to the Molson family." I get this email from Paul Wilson. I'm sitting in my backyard trying to relax. Eight o'clock on Saturday night. You know, I'm having a barbecue. And I get this furious email and I'm like, oh, that's a little weird. So the next morning I, I write him an email and I say, hi, Paul. I'm very surprised by the tone of your email. Why? What did he say? I, I say, you know, let's have lunch, you know, whatever. Like, I'll be happy to talk. Blast me back again. So, well, you know, you know, the old saying, eh, Tony? Never get in a fight with a journalist. So what do I do? What do you think I do with that? You wrote more columns. I write it up. So, of course, I write it up. And then <laughs> then Paul calls me. He's like, can we have lunch? They take me down to the tavern in 1909. Very nice lunch. And uh, he starts the lunch by saying, Brendan, I talked to this friend of mine. And she says, you're a fantastic journalist. You're like, you know, you do all this stuff on French culture and hockey and so he tried to hit me on the head by it with a two by four. That, by the way, does not work with me, Tony. So don't don't try it. Okay. Um, 
Then he tries to be nice to me, like tries to butter. That doesn't work. I, nothing works with me. What can I tell you? So that was my Paul Wilson. I, I mean. And on, in the end, you got a free lunch out of it. And it was very nice. What a mooch. <laughs> I'm a journalist. What can I tell you? I never had a problem with Paul Wilson. As a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you something else. I never had a problem with Mark Bergevin. I never had a problem with Trevor Timmons. As a matter of fact, I want to wish them well. And I'm going to tell you why. And by the way, and by the way, I do think their time was up. Okay. I, I think their time was up. I think the Canadians needed a fresh start. I mean, did they do some good things? Yes. But at the end of the day, one was there for 19 and a half years. The other one was there for nine and a half years. When you translate that to Montreal, it's like being, you know, when, when you think about it and that's in Montreal, it's like being 25 and a half years somewhere else and 14 and a half years somewhere else. Um, having said that, I, um, you know, uh, I didn't know recharge the batteries. I think Bergevin will bounce back. I think Timmons will bounce back. But, you know, some of the best conversations, some of the best interviews and conversations I had were actually with Bergevin and with uh, Timmons. So I'll miss them in a way. No, no, you got along great with those guys. But honestly, the other thing that, that really jumped out at me. You want to know why I got along with them? You're a nice guy. Ask me why. You're a nice guy. Why did you get along with them, Tony? Because I'm the best. I, okay. I mean, I knew. I thought I, I need to say that. But I thought the thing that he said about Timmons also. So he throws Wilson under the bus big time in the press conference. Yeah. And then Timmons. They said, why'd you fire Timmons? And he says, two number three overall picks. And they both did not pan out. And you know what? I thought that was great that he said that. Because I've been saying that for years. You get two number three overall. You get Galchenyuk and you get um, KK. And they both don't work out. Yeah. Both mistakes. Now, uh, he said we had three picks in the top nine um, in the last, uh, during Bergevin's tenure. Three picks in the top nine. Two number threes and a ninth. And um, none of them are with our team. Now, having said that, I don't want to make any excuses for Trevor Timmons because I understand Jeff's point. Don't say what you're going to Hold say. on a second. I understand Jeff's it. point. And from day one, I said that I would have drafted Brady Kachuk instead of Kakanyemi. And that was a mistake. Having said that, having said that, the Galchenyuk draft was a bad draft. There was Morgan Riley that was good. There was, um, there was Philip Forsberg that was good. Uh, I think... I'm not so sure if Hurdle was now one. Anyway, there's not too many. There's not too many. They ended up, ultimately, they have Josh Anderson for Alex Galchenyuk. And it's not Trevor Timmons' fault that they traded Mikhail Sergachev uh, for Jonathan Drouin. I mean, I let's be honest the here. The argument you've got there is the Sergachev one. Galchenyuk was a mistake, and Kakanyemi was a mistake. End of no, story. no, listen, don't get me wrong. There's too many first-round picks, unfortunately, that didn't pan out, right? Uh, Fisher. David Fisher didn't pan out. Michael McCarron didn't pan out. Jared Tenorti didn't pan out. Louis LeBlanc didn't pan out. Uh, Nikita Sherback didn't pan out. The list goes on and on, okay? Um, having said that, they never really had a good development program, so we don't know what these players could have become. Yes, we do. And for that, I'll always David give... Fisher's like a great... Like, he would have been a great player. Louis Fisher, LeBlanc. no. Fisher, no. They should have drafted Giroux. They made and a mistake there. Noah Jordan never panned out, but he got hurt. Jury's, jury's in on that one. I mean, Brady Kachuk is a stud. He's the captain. He's the he's a genuine star player. Kakinyemi, yeah. what's he on the fourth line in Carolina? Listen, I would have drafted Brady Kachuk. Even if I never watched him play, 
His father was great. His brother was great. There's a good chance that he was going to be pretty yeah, good as well. Exactly. Anyway, all of these players that we talked about, all of their teams that they play for, any team, any jersey, sportbuffshop.com for all of your officially licensed sports apparel and more. And our sick merchandise, by the way, use code SICK15 for 15% off on all of their items. Okay, now, Jeff Gordon's the guy. But a um, general manager who can communicate in English and French is very important to Jeff Molson. Jeff Gordon will hire a general manager. Jeff Molson says that in this market, it became apparent to him that you need two people to share the responsibilities and to work together. What does all that tell you? It tells you that the new general, that really the general manager of the Montreal Canadiens today and going forward, because we hear today, we learn that he has a long-term contract, is Jeff Gordon. I, I agree with he, you 100%. He would be the GM, but they're going to pick what I'm hearing more and more is Daniel Briere, but maybe it'll be Matthew Darcy. We'll see. We'll see. It'll be Whatever it is, former, it's very, listen. It'll be a former Montreal Canadiens player who speaks French, who will appear on RDS and TVA Spar and uh, 98.5 and will do the thing in French. And I fully expect the French media to eventually figure out that this is a bit of a <laughs> Trojan wow. horse or sleight of hand or whatever you want. And I, I, I Listen, I think they figured it out already. I, I, think they, I think they figured it out already. Exactly. I think it's become pretty apparent uh, that Jeff, Gordon, well, with again, the, Jeff Gordon, with the wealth of experience that he has, and the fact that he signed the long-term contract that uh, Jeff Gordon will be the GM without the title. With all due respect to who the next GM is going to be, and I'll stick with that until proven otherwise, but on the surface, that's what it looks like. And by the way, it's pretty creative from Jeff Molson, by the way. I, I, and I applaud that. I applaud that. I mean, it's. Uh, I think that the fact, look, it's, it's a crazy situation. I totally am very sympathetic to the idea that you have to communicate to your fans in Quebec, in the language of Quebec, which is French. But at the same time, it's, okay, so you're looking for a general manager, right? Is there a general manager who speaks French? Like who's been a general manager in the league? No. So, I mean, it's what are you going to do? And you get a guy, like, look, if you can get a Lou Lamorello, if you can get a Jeff Gordon, if you can get, uh, you know, if you can get a Ray Shiro, you get someone... You need someone who knows how it works. And it's just, you know what? At a certain point, you just get so fed up with every every coach is a rookie coach or a retread. Every GM, including Mark Bergevin, is a rookie GM. I mean, at a certain point, I mean, I was hearing someone talking on uh, on French radio today, and they, they were polling francophones as to, you know, their, how they felt. Was it important for the GM to be Frankavon and two thirds of them were saying, no, what we want is a GM who can help us create a winning team. And I, I fundamentally believe that most people in Quebec, French and English, believe that they want a coach and, uh, and a not the, not, you know, for the most part, not the French media, the French media want a French speaking general manager, oh, the French media, of course, but and they're actually upset that Jeff Molson went out to Massachusetts or he went to New York to hire a general man to hire a VP of hockey ops that is originally from Massachusetts. They would have wanted it to be somebody from La Belle Province. But Chris Nyland's very happy. Because he's from Massachusetts? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, listen, I, I think he's, a, once again, I think he's a fantastic candidate. I think Jeff got it right. 
I'm all for hiring somebody who's French speaking if the qualifications are there. There's no one available right now that has the qualifications of a Jeff Gordon. Um, and so I, I think it's pretty, what did you make of what did you make of when Jeff Molson said that they want to be more inclusive and add some diversity? Because I know what's the first thing that came to my head was um, there's going to be a position that's going to open up here and it's going to go to a woman. Were you thinking the same thing or I wasn't, but I, I've heard that discussion since. I mean, when I was thinking when I heard diversity, I was thinking more post BLM and, and uh, from from other cultural communities. And honestly, I think it's great that he talked that up because I remember back in that press conference when he gave the press conference during COVID and the Black Lives Matter, and he kind of poo-pooed that whole thing. And so I thought it was nice that he was taking a more strong point of view. And I think it's very important. I mean, I think that, that you know, if you look at hockey, I mean, I remember when my kids were playing hockey, you would look at the people who were playing hockey and it was very diverse. And then when you get up to the National Hockey League level, both in terms of the players, but also in terms of the management, it's not diverse at all. So I think that's a great thing. So I was thinking it was more of that in terms of bringing in uh, visible minorities. If it's a woman, I mean, look, he's, a, he's already got a very prominent uh, female executive within Le Groupe Seash as well. Um, yeah. So, that's uh, I think that's all very positive, though. It's just words, uh, you know, be nice to see some actual action. Happen. Don't forget the Toronto Maple Leafs have um, Haley Wickenizer as part of their and uh, front office. Staff, and so. It'd be great to see Montreal doing a bit of the same thing. And, and it was interesting to see Jeff Molson saying that it's really in hockey operations, not really necessarily the rest of the company where they need to do something in that direction. So I thought that was very positive. And I he, did say, he did say that the team that they have is better than the way they're playing right now. And by the way, that's on the coach. The coach, I mean, I wrote last week that the coach has to go. But you know what? The coach is not going. Now that all of this has happened, they'll keep the charm. Because you know what, Tony? The more they lose, I went back and looked at 100%. The- if, if the plan is a rebuild... And obviously, the more you lose, the better chance you have a better draft selection. Keep the coaching staff as do it the is. Right thing, do the right thing for right. You know, and, and by the way, Alex Burroughs' power play, which after 24 games, six wins and 18 losses for the Canadians, is at a rate of 12.9%. This is the worst power play I've seen, not only covering the Canadians as a member of the media, but actually even going back to when I used to watch them when I was a fan of 10, 15, and 20 years old. This is the worst power play I've ever seen. And a certain sector of the media, radio silence, zita, 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 not a word. If this was Kirk Muller, they would have crucified him by now. It's funny, eh? and Kirk Muller, how's that power play looking in Calgary? Well, it's better than Montreal, so I'll tell you it's that right now. better than Montreal, you, you know. know and, the power play it, for Les Cobras de Parcoualet de Villasal is better than the Canadians right now. Again, don't uh, don't diss the Cobras, but I mean, it, it's... Uh, no, the coaching is absolutely terrible, and I'll tell you one thing. Is yeah. Dominic Ducharme, and they'll keep him. They will definitely keep him because they want to lose as many games as possible now. Well, they're also going to keep him because they're they're paying Claude, Claude Julien already. You know that exactly. as well as I do. Claude Julien. He's getting paid you $5 know. million dollars to sit in Point Claire and watch TV. I might as well have him coach uh, coach the team. But, I mean, the coaching, like the, the what's absolutely and 100% clear, did you see the second goal tonight when Josh Kirk Andrews- Muller's power play to answer your question is ranked seventh in the National Hockey League. 
at 24.6. Dominic Ducharme, um, Alex Burrow's power play with the Canadians is ranked 30th at 12.5. But you know what? But just to take that up for a second, it's interesting that when Kirk Muller was running the power play here, it was pretty bad. It's not as bad as it was this year. And then he gets to Calgary and it's better. But the thing about the... It's never been worse than 15%. Ever. But the, but the thing that's happened this year, and it's abundantly clear to me, is the veteran players have given up on this coach. They do not respect Dominic Ducharme. They've given up on the season, period, Brendan. 100%. They're demoralized. They know they're not as good as last year. They were without Price for way too long, without Emmitson for way too long, without Byron for way too long. Shea Weber's unofficially retired. They lost Philip Deneau. They lost Thomas Tatar. Uh, they, they lost Eric Stahl. They lost Corey Perry. And it, they, they, were, they were a one-hit wonder. They had one year in them no, to they go didn't for have, it. They didn't have even one year. They had about three weeks or six weeks in them. Tony, think I'm about on, it. And Jeff, said right. that, Jeff said that today, which I thought was really interesting. He said, oh, my thought process was we had a terrible season last It was a terrible season last year. They yeah. scraped their way into the playoffs. They were absolutely horrified. They were hot for a month. After game four versus Toronto – and until they beat the Vegas Golden Knights, and then they started the cold day, again. Versus I hate to say it, but I kind of love to say it. It was a fluke. It was a fluke. It's as simple as that. Yeah, uh, you still got to do it, though. But, yeah, for the most part, it's hard to disagree with that. Great. How great was that, right? Hard you know, to disagree with that. After they beat Vegas, I mean, it's unreal. But Okay, almost best. because we have to say something about the game. Elias Peterson scores on Jake Allen on a one-timer. Boom, top corner, in and out. It was beautiful. Eight minutes at the period number one. Ryan Paling on a, a pass from Jonathan Drouin. He goes to the net. And who would have thought that Ryan Paling would be one of the Montreal Canadiens' top goal scorers? He scored his fourth. Connor Garland takes advantage of a uh, Josh Anderson giveaway in period number two. The Canadians get outshot 42-34. Vancouver goes one for two on the power play. The Canadians go 0 for two on the power play. And that's the difference in the hockey game. The Canadians lose by a score of two to one. Statistically, the second worst record in the division, second worst in the conference, and third worst in the National Hockey League. But Jeff Molson fired everyone, and Brendan Kelly is happy again. Until you and I, it's nice to see that smile. Pick up the phone, give him a call. He's a good I'd guy. I'd be happy to. You know what? I'll go okay. for a coffee with you. I'd be happy to do it. You know what? I'm, I'm better better I'm yet, more, tell him you want to go for a Molson. I, you know, I have. I, I, I don't know if I can tell that story. Actually, I had. I had a good. I just time. tell it. Okay, so so we're at this hockey tournament in Quebec City. Yeah. And both of our kids are on the same team. Okay. And there's a party with all the dads, and we're out on the porch. You know. Okay. So uh, I'm going for a beer and. I'm not, it's not my go-to beer normally, okay. right? I like uh, like more of the micro beers, just like you, right? So I'm going for like a St. Ambroise or, or whatever, and I'm reaching into the cooler. I prefer Cherry River Heart Seltzer myself, but anyway, go ahead. Of course, of course you do. Yeah. Um, just by chance, just by chance. But so I'm, I'm putting my hand into the cooler to go for that St. Ambroise IPA, and Jeff looks at me and he says, what you don't like Molson? So I had a Molson beer because I'm a, like a, that kind of guy, you know. So uh, and that's the story you didn't want to tell. That's the story you didn't want to tell. 
Yeah, it's not much of a story. I know. I mean, I'm just oh, like yeah. it's. I don't. I don't get. I don't want to get Jeff in any kind of trouble. You know. Yeah. Just a good guy. Tell him you want to go for a Molson. He'll be happy. I'd be happy All right. Too. I like seeing that smile on your face. What do you hey, want to say? What do you want to say? What do you want to say to Mark Bergevin? Do you at all feel bad about some of the columns you wrote in the past? No, I, you know, I think that uh, he's a look. He he. What did he say? It says, "C'est pas un long fleuve uh, tranquille. It's not a tranquil uh, river." I mean, listen. He gets paid a lot of money, and at the end of the day, listen. I, I have nothing. I've never even spoke to Mark Bergevin in my life. I have no personal thoughts, uh, you know, re uh, Mark Bergevin. But I think you have to say, at the end of the day, his era was a failure. So I, you know, I've been saying that since the PK Subban trade, and I stick. I'm consistent. I don't think it worked out. It's funny you thought that one of his best trades ended up being a failure in his tenure. But anyway. One of his best trades. That's You are such a funny man, Tony. I love it, man. When you crack wise like that. I don't know. That's what I it's, thought. Yeah. How did, we, we really, we've been through that. We were ready. You, you, you finally admitted I was right last time. I admitted you were right? Yes. We, when we, how much? Yeah, I have a question. Listen to me. Yeah. I have a question for you. With all due respect to P.K. Subban, who had a very good career. It's not over yet, but it's, it's almost close over. Close yeah. Do they make it to the cup final last year with P.K. Subban instead of Shea Weber? Good last night, Brendan. Year? Brendan, good night. We're talking in 2021, but did... did, did, uh, did Brendan, he- do they make it to the Stanley Cup final last year if they had P.K. Subban and not Shea Weber? In Just say the answer that everyone knows, and then we can say good night. Yes well, or no? What happened in twenty seven? What happened in the twenty seventeen playoffs? In twenty seventeen, I weighed sixty pounds less than I do now. Is that true? Uh, probably fifty. Uh, but I did get a yeah. I I did order a treadmill. You'll hear about it in the next couple of weeks. I'm glad okay. to hear that. But I I'm not saying that. And a bike. You kind of put me off my argument for a second. Listen to. Here's another question for you, Tony. Was there any way in the world? Was it at all possible? Was there any possibility? that the Montreal Canadiens were going to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning this spring? Very unlikely. No, it was not going to happen. So, yeah. whatever. Who cares about not winning? It's now, and, and having said that, at the end of the day, even though I think the trade turned out pretty good for him, if I was going to trade P.K. Subban, I still would have tried to get a number one centerman in return. Uh-huh. Because at the end of the day, I go to hockey games to watch centermen set up plays and score goals and pick up 80 points a year. I go watch guys score 40 goals or 45 goals. I don't watch go to watch a goalie's still papillon and his left, right lateral movement or his hybrid style. And I don't go watch a defenseman block shots. Okay. No, so on need, that, we can agree. We need a and star. Let's end it here. We need a star. We need a star player. And we need for Jeff Molson and the rest of the CH organization to say, we can have someone who's bigger than the has. If we, if we got Connor McDavid, we'd say, Connor, you got to play defensive. You got to play the 200 foot game. Forget that. Let's have some fun. It's just a game, right? Let's have some fun. Not so sure they would be like that with Connor McDavid, but. Yeah. What they do with Guy Lafleur? How'd that work out? They sat him on the bench for the first three years, and then he became Guy Lafleur. And then afterwards, with Jacques Lemaire, they ran him out of town. Yeah, Jacques Lemaire tried to change his game, and he said, you know what? I don't want to play this kind of hockey. I'm going to retire. He hockey way too early because the Habs are a repressive organization. 
And then he came back to play for the New York Rangers, a game at the Montreal Forum, and scored two goals versus the Canadians. Fantastic. The flower. Shoot scars. What a goal by the flower. See you, Brendan. Okay, see you, Tony. It's a sick podcast. Have a good one. Until next time. What a goal by the flower. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Cherry River Hard Seltzer. Only 90 calories, natural flavors, and no preservatives. Now available in Quebec Grocers and The Beer Store.